Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In a decade where this podcast has gone from barely knowing who Meg Lanning is to proudly saluting the end of her magnificent international career, this is Can't Bowl, Can't Throw. It's been an incredible journey and I've loved every moment of playing for Australia and um, I'll miss it, but um, yeah, I'm, it's, it's time to, to go and see what else is out there and um, experience that and I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing how that pans out. So um, I've got no idea how I went with that, but um, yeah. Oh, that's very sad. <laughs> well, poor Meg Lanning. You're here with Kat Jones and Dan Lipke and the retiring Meg Lanning. Mm. Yes. So uh, exactly 10 years ago, the first episode of Can't Bowl, Can't Throw came out and that was me and Dennis Friedman. <laughs> and uh, Dennis and I talked a lot about the upcoming Ashes and I'm pretty sure we didn't mention Meg Lanning once. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we're going to make up for that now because yes. some of her records are just incredible. Mm -hmm. Of course, she's off retiring and we don't know what she will do next. And that's going to be exciting as well. But she was the youngest player to score a century for Australia. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was only 18, 18 and I don't know, 300 days or so when she scored 104 not out. Uh, she was playing England, uh, I think it was a 2011 Perth one day or something mm, like yeah, that. Yeah. Anyway, so she's very young starting off. I mean, she was a young captain as well. She was only yeah. like 21 when she was made captain. Uh, but as captain, she won seven World Cups. Oh. Seven World Cups. Incredible. Oh, uh, Sorry, uh, she won seven in total. She won five as captain. So okay. it's not, not that yeah. impressive. It's only five as captain, yeah. which is, of course, three more than anybody else, man or woman. Uh, the, be- the best anybody else has ever done is a couple. And she's a Commonwealth. Games gold medalist. Yes, of course. of course. Yes, yes. Won several ashes in there as well. Yeah. Yeah, not a problem. Mm. Uh, she's also Australia's highest international run scorer in women's cricket. Uh, you know, eight, eight and a half thousand runs more or less in total. She's got the fastest ever century in women's ODIs. Mm-hmm. So she scored 100 from 45, <laughs> 45 balls. Very <laughs> Amazing. Yep. Uh, well, she scored 10 centuries just in run chases alone in ODIs. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think she scored 15 in total, but 10 in run chases. And if she scored a century in a run chase in an ODI, Australia never lost. Not once did they yeah. lose. So, I mean, they didn't lose very often at all when she was playing. I don't think she lost, did she, a 
as captain? Did she? Well, not in her last few matches anyway. Yeah, I, th- I think I think her last streak, I, I think her last 35 matches as captain, yep. uh, Australia did not lose. They, they, I think they might have tied a couple, but uh, they did not lose in her last 35 matches as captain. Incredible. That's a crazy record. So, yes, yeah, she's... Uh, uh, she's uh, done, done her job. I think. I think she's well, well and truly earned her retirement. Yeah. This is the part of the show where we discuss the cricket news of the week. Lots of stuff going on in the world of cricket, but we just have time to count down our ten favourite moments of the round robin stage of the World Cup. Yes. So the World Cup is uh, closing in on its on the finals, and uh, but yeah, so we're just going to pick through the forty five matches that preceded the finals, and we'll uh, we'll find our ten favourite moments. From that. So in all of that, uh, I don't think India gets nominated once no, for our ten favourite moments, yeah, right? Because no. they were just too good, too, too good, too efficiently dominant to, mm. to make any kind of list of of ten favourite moments. They were just you know cruising along in a in a plane all their own. So what's your number ten? We're going to go ten to ten yeah, to we'll one, count right? It down. We'll take it in turns. You go t- number ten. So number ten is Einrik Klassen uh, for South Africa. He got them to seven for three hundred and ninety nine uh, while literally on fire <laughs> uh, b- because of the Mumbai Sun. Yeah. So uh, South Africa's in, uh, game plan throughout the tournament has been very simple. They don't, uh, you know, they've just got specialist batters and specialist bowlers and they don't really muck about with all-rounders. Mm. And they don't really have six specialist batters. They just have one specialist batter who comes to the crease six times. <laughs> They're all just variants of these big hitting monsters. Yeah. But uh, the perhaps the scariest one is Heinrich Klassen. Yeah. And uh, so in Mumbai, when uh, silly old Joss Butler decided we'll have a bowl first in scorching heat and humidity... Uh, he came out and all England's fielders immediately started to melt and fall to the ground and generally not find the going very pleasant. Mm. Einut Klasser just had sweat pouring off him the entire time. He was in as much trouble as the England fielders, but he just kept hitting the ball yeah. and hitting the ball. And uh, yeah, he went completely mental. He finished on 109 off 67 deliveries. South Africa made 399. England were cooked, like literally yeah. cooked. They yeah. were done. And imagine that was batting much- after spending all of that 399 in the field. Yeah, well, perhaps they should have imagined batting after spending all that time in the field yeah. and maybe they wouldn't have fielded first. Number nine in the countdown is Richard Kettleborough and it's in particular his kind of one-eyed DRS review of Marcus Stoinis. Mm. And so this is again another literal one-eyed yes. review. This is the one where Kettleborough was asked to review a court behind down leg side and he noticed that Stoinis' hand was off the bat. Mm. So he explained to everyone, oh, the frame on the right clearly shows that the hand was still touching the other hand, which was on the bat. So technically it's out. Mm. And at no point did he bother to look at the other frame, the other part <laughs> of the split screen, where it was quite clear that the gloves were miles apart, heaps yep. of fresh air, ha, 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 all in good fun. That's what the third umpires are for, a bit of a laugh, uh, as they half-heartedly do their job with one eye closed. Yeah, yeah. poor old uh, Kettlebury. He, he got, got half the decision, right? He just uh, didn't bother checking exactly, uh, you know, the other dimension of where the where the glove might have been. And I think it's funnier because he very rarely makes any wrong decisions, right? Yes. Well, he certainly did that day, but uh, that's fine. Um, next on the countdown, number eight. Number eight. Number eight we've got here is Sachin Tedduka's dreadful commentary stints. Oh, yes. So this was very early <coughs> on. You'll have to cast him. Are these highlights moment. or are these just uh, these moments? Are, these are very strange moments. So this was very early in the tournament and they the commentators made the mistake of inviting Sachin into the commentary box. Yeah. And he then proceeded to just talk endlessly about, I don't, I don't even know, I, I tuned out, I could not listen to him, but I think it was buckles on pads oh and how he had to tighten them up or, or something. And he was just paying no attention to anything that was happening in the middle. There could have been like a hat trick happening. He wouldn't have noticed no. or cared or talked about I'm here about to talk it. about myself. Yeah. 
And uh, and because he is such a Tedduka, not one of the other commentators. The commentators actually know what they're doing. Yeah. None of them were able to say anything about it. They just had to let him drone on and on and mm. on and on. And I think he spent his entire 30-minute stint just talking about pad buckles and God only knows what. It was dreadful. Well, this is, I mean, there's a, it's a known syndrome for people who don't who haven't heard of the childhood fairy tale, but this is called Emperor's New Clothes Syndrome, mm. right, where someone drones on and on or talks about something or does something and no one is game to tell them. Yep. It happens to very rich and famous people. Yes. And you see it all the time when really someone could come in and just go, can you just stop? This is very boring. Although he's not commentating anymore, right? Yeah, no, he okay. isn't. But it, maybe he was only signed on for oh, a couple. maybe. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, he's uh, still better than Matthew Hayden's commentary. Yes, indeed. Number seven is the Champions Trophy qualification. And mm. this was just a wonderful little bit of trivia about halfway through the tournament. No one knew about this except for Shakib Al-Hassan, <laughs> yeah. who suddenly in some kind of random press conference has said, we're really fighting for our lives here. We want to qualify in the top eight for the Champions Trophy. <laughs> And this is in Pakistan in, I don't know, five or six years or something. Yeah, it's ages away. So everyone sort of looks at him and goes, what are you talking about? And then we realise that he's some kind of secret ICC ninja and he knows the rules back to front. Yep. And they checked up and he's absolutely correct. And all of a sudden everyone's going, shit, we didn't think it was that important, particularly England who were on the bottom <laughs> yeah. at that point. Yep. And uh, the ICC hadn't told anyone or probably they had. The, I, I suspect it was at the bottom of a very long email. Yeah, it was at the bottom of an interview with Sachin Tendulkar <laughs> and no yep. Everybody wanted to read that far. Absolutely. So I, I suddenly all the talk, and, and of course from England, but from everyone else, mm. can we make it to the top eight? Yeah. So drum roll, <laughs> who, who ended up in the ninth and the tenth spot? Well, it, uh, I think it was Netherlands and, and Sri Lanka. And Sri Lanka, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Bangladesh uh, completed their mission. They finished in eighth. So they're in and mm. England powered home. The might of England powered home in their last couple of matches to finish a triumphant seventh. Excellent. So we get to watch them stink up another tournament a yeah. little bit later. Do their worst in the Champions Trophy. Good. And I love the way Bangladesh rewrites the narrative here. So it's not about winning this World Cup. No. It's about qualifying for the Champions Trophy. They've successfully done it yep. and that's all they ever wanted. Yep. Yep. All right, number six on our countdown of the top ten moments of this World Cup is Pakistan chasing 400 with a little <laughs> bit of help from uh, Duckworth Lewis Stern. So Pakistan, New Zealand made 400, 401, right? Yep. Six, 401, yep. playing Pakistan. You would have thought that New Zealand was absolutely home and hosed. I, uh, I think everybody 400. did because I think it was a double header that day. So we yeah, all we flipped over to, game, I think yeah. it was Australia-England we flipped over yeah, to. Yeah, maybe. And uh, we were watching that and, yeah, just keeping half an eye on the score. Uh, and apparently rain was coming in, which, uh, you know, we didn't really know about. But all of a sudden, Pakistan were one for 200 in the 26th over and the rain came. I think they, I think the rain came slightly earlier than that. They adjusted the scores. And they went batted, back. Batted for another couple of overs, then, then it went off for good after that. And, uh, yeah, so they, they were one for 200 in the 26th over. The rain washed out the rest of the match. And uh, Pakistan, as it turned out, won by 21 runs on uh, Duckworth-Lewis-Stern. Mm, so cl- classic manoeuvre from Pakistan. We'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll somehow pull off a miraculous win with the aid of rain. And this, this is when they were just trying to sneak into fourth spot. And, mm. you know, beating New Zealand was, uh, was a big part of that because New Zealand only needed to win one more pretty much to 
to shore up their position as fourth. So Yeah, it was one of the best wins, wasn't it, really? Mm. And it's another example of if you download AccuWeather on your phone <laughs> yes. and you know how to use it, yep. then you can probably take advantage, which I think is what they did. Yes, good work from uh, Pakistan there. Classic. So that brings us to number five. Yes. I've got number five. And number five is Ratan Ravindra. <laughs> yes. And uh, what a gorgeous cricketer. Lovely hair and a beautiful <laughs> cover drive. Yes. Almost as lovely as his hair. Almost. Uh, he, he, for New Zealand. He, he was just a revelation. I've never seen him before yep. except for this tournament. I'm sure he's been around. But it was absolutely wonderful watching him bat and bowl, actually. Mm. I, th- I think he was mostly thought of as, you know, this spinner who can bat a bit. Uh, I think that's what he what he was doing because New Zealand played England in a, a few ODIs before this World Cup. Mm. And he was over there and I think he was batting at six or seven and coming in and having a bit of a tonk but not doing anything else. And I think uh, they decided they'd throw him up the order and all of a sudden he was just this magician, just batting like a dream. Amazing. He's he's just fantastic. He's done an amazing job for the entire tournament actually. Mm. Mm. So uh, and, and it's been really nice. And so, of course, he's named after Sachin, right? Which well, is- his, his dad actually came out and... And, and deny this whole story about the portmanteau of his name is is true at all. Like he said, no, ah. no, I, ju- I just thought it was a cool name. Oh wow! Yeah, but uh, I, I thought I thought Ratchin was a portmanteau of Rachel Weiss and Ingrid Bergman. Oh yeah, uh, that's two good. two beautiful Hollywood stars yeah. with beautiful hair. And I thought, well, that all makes sense. right? That all makes sense. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes. So we'd have had a lot of fun watching him, and particularly him and Daryl Mitchell. Daryl Mitchell, the mouth breather. Yeah. Your, your favorite. Oh, the mouth breather. Yes. Yep. And Daryl Mitchell, of course, sweats so much. And Ravindra looks like he's barely breaking a sweat when yep. he's batting. It's really yes. great. And, and I, I do like when Ravindra and Mitchell bat together because it makes me think that they should play a combined Australia-India team and then they could face up. We could have Ravindra and Mitchell facing up to Jadeja and Stark. Yeah. And that would just be perfect. Well, they talk about matchups. Yeah, you need na- matchups. They've got to match up on names as well, for yeah. sure. All right, number four on our list of favourite moments from uh, this World Cup is Glenn Maxwell's fastest ever World Cup century. And the only miraculous thing about this is that it took until number four before we mentioned Glenn Maxwell. Yes. I thought he might have been littered throughout this top ten. Well, he could easily have been. I mean, we did an entire episode on him last episode, so yeah. I, th- I think... Uh, that's true. Perhaps yeah. we've had enough time. But, yeah, yeah that's uh, amazing. That World Cup century, he came to the crease. It was against the Netherlands, right? Mm. And he was it was deep, deep in the match. Very deep. So, yeah, he came. He showed up in the 39th over, I think, was when he came to the crease, you know, in, in his usual role, number six or seven, just coming to the crease for the death overs but he didn't get strike until the 41st over <laughs> amazing and then he just went complete Maxwell ball yep. uh, which is to say like um he didn't he go complete Maxwell ball yeah. for uh initially because we all expect Maxwell to play all these unorthodox shots his first two shots were these exquisite you know on drives just absolutely perfect textbook yep. shots which I guess is you know kind of a, a completely different level of unorthodoxy like mm-hmm. expect the unexpected means that sometimes you do immediately yeah, he comes do the expected. Out and plays in the V yes so playing in the V but in, in a wingdings font yeah, because right. it's Glenn okay, Maxwell. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So he was eventually joined by uh, his favourite batting partner, Pat Cummins, mm. in the 43rd over. And the, and the two of them added a century partnership <laughs> in seven overs. Uh, do you want to know how many <laughs> Cummins added? Well, added that it, was, it was less than 10, wasn't it? <laughs> it was less than 10. It was eight runs from eight balls. Amazing. Yeah. So anyway, Cummins got an excellent view of Maxwell's 40 ball 100. 
and he basically just watched five balls of it at a time from the non-striker's end, then jogged up the other end and <laughs> watched the next one. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I think he only became captain so he could watch Maxwell bat up close. Well, that's, that's perfect. That's one, of, one, of, the, one of the privileges. Perfect. So he's And he's had more than one innings, I think, with Maxwell, hasn't he, this he World has, Cup? Yes. So they do love batting together, yes, don't they? they're buddies. So that was number four. Number three... England pretty much need their own entry here, don't they? <laughs> Just for stinking up the entire World Cup. Yes. They were so bad. It's such a great tournament when England does so comically dreadful performance. Yeah, I mean, if, if England being this bad, and that's still only the third best thing about the tournament, yes. I mean, that's got to be a great tournament. It's been a great tournament, really. Yes. And particularly, Australia, of course, started so mm. badly. They lost yep. the first two matches, but they were playing India and South Africa. Yes. So they were on the bottom mm. of the table and... England gloating away. They were Look very delighted by that, yes. Yep, same yes. old Aussies, always on the bottom. Yep, yeah. There, there, there was a little bit less gloating when uh, when England lost five in a row in the <laughs> middle of the tournament. Yep. Uh, well, l- less gloating from England supporters, lots of gloating from the Australian supporters. Oh, yeah, just completely reversed. <laughs> yep, yes. And again, Pat Cummins just put exquisite in a press conference. <laughs> do, do you feel sad about England's predicament? And, you know, he was trying his best to say, yes, it's <laughs> devastating. And yes, he almost, almost kept a straight. Base. Yeah, 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 he did his best. We could go through all the stupid things that England did. We did mention the one earlier where they decided to bowl first in the scorching heat of Mumbai, um, mm. but there were plenty of other stupid things that they did. But there have been lots of explanations for what went wrong in, in kind of the aftermath of all this. And uh, my favourite came from Nasser Hussain. Uh, he went into great detail about how hard it was for England to have to play World Cups and the and the mentally exhausting ashes. Oh, no, yes. no other team has to put up with that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. no, no, no other team has to, yeah. to play. Yeah, very, very difficult to imagine how you could overcome having to play the, the exhausting ashes and still make the semi-finals of a World Cup. Yeah, yeah, can't very possibly hard. do it, particularly from the bottom of the mm. table. Yeah. Anyway, yes. uh, and Ben Stokes, Ben Stokes was so fantastic though. <laughs> I mean, he's probably the best presser apart from Shakib Al Hassan yes. uh, coming in and reminding people about the Champions Trophy. Which, by the way, I'd forgotten that was still a thing. I yep. mean, no, no, no one remembered that no. was a thing. No, he was the only one who knew. It's about like, it. didn't we play that in 1995? Like, yeah. what? the hell I'm it's not sure just been, been reinvented yeah. yeah well maybe it's only it only actually gets played if someone inv- calls its name <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah like Beetlejuice has. yeah Anyway, Ben Stokes, far simpler mm. explanation than Nasser Hussain. He's, they said, what do you think is wrong with England's performance? And he goes, oh, we've just been crap. <laughs> yep. so they pretty much summarised it. Yep. And uh, speaking of Shakib Al-Hassan, we come, <laughs> we come to number two on our list, yeah. which is, of course, the timing out of Angelo Matthews. Oh, this was glorious in the Sri Lanka and Bangladesh match. Yes. So talk us through this one. So Angelo Matthews uh, was summoned to the crease, and I was watching as, the, as this happened. Um, and Angelo Matthews just, you know, wandered out there as normal. And as, as, as he was preparing to face up his helmet, something happened to his helmet. And as, as you were watching it at the time, it looked as if he just turned away to get a new helmet. He, you know, mm. beckoned to his bench and they started running out with a new helmet. And uh, this, is, this is around about where things started getting interesting because mm. I was just watching it going, what's going on here? And uh, Shakib Al Hassan apparently was getting a bit shitty with how long uh, it was taking for this new helmet to come out. And... Apparently, we learnt later that a mystery teammate came came up to Shakib and said, uh, "If you appeal for timed out now, he is out." <laughs> and uh, he'd already taken longer than the yeah, two minutes. Yeah, and uh, the magnificent shit stirring Shakib said, "All right, yeah, <laughs> let's do that." 
<laughs> so they did that. Uh, Erasmus, uh, umpire Erasmus, who has umpired every match of this World Cup. Congratulations yeah, he's been to out Erasmus. there in the ground. He doesn't even go to sleep. He no. just stands out there the whole time. Yep. So he asked uh, Shakib if he was sure or uh, if he wanted to appeal for this. Shakib says, yep. shit, yeah, I'm sure. And uh, uh, it's, a, it's a free wicket. I'm not, I'm not uh, retracting this appeal. And yep. they asked him another time. He said, nope, not doing that. So they pretty much broke the news to poor old Matthews and a little bit of arguing back and forth. But ultimately, there was no real disputing the final decision. Mm. He hadn't been ready to face up within two minutes of the previous dismissal. He was out. So as long as uh, Shakib stuck to his guns, (laughs) there was no changing it. So, yeah. Mm. A lot of people argued and said, oh, you know, special consideration for equipment failure, blah, blah. Mm. But uh, I think other people on the other side then said, but Matthews has form on dilly-dallying. Yeah. So there was a lot of arguments to and fro and fair enough. I mean, two minutes is a long time. It is a long time. You you don't want to cut it so fine that a a strap mishap can Mm. bring you undone. I mean, you you don't have to, you know, take a minute 50 to walk out there. You can walk out there in 30 seconds and then if your strap breaks... It's like, well, now I've got time to get a new one. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah that's so I right. don't have a lot of lot of sympathy for him. But especially when you consider that being timed out in an international cricket match is very, very funny. It is. It's fantastic. And it doesn't happen very often. It has happened in first-class cricket, but it's just wonderful to happen at a World Cup. Mm. So thank you to Angelo Matthews and to Shakib Al-Hassan for giving us this fantastic treasure that yes. is number two yes. on our list. And then number one, number one is, in fact, a repeat performance of Glenn <laughs> Maxwell. And yes. this time this was Glenn's double century on I'm not sure he had one leg I think he actually had half of one leg yeah or if that if that Uh, Anyway, Australia were absolutely rooted, (laughs) chasing 292 for victory and they were 7 for 91. I woke up and saw that score at about 7 for 95 or something, whatever it was, and I went, oh, I'm just going to put the phone back down and go back to sleep because Australia's not winning this. Yeah, I I think we both went to bed at around 4 for 40 or something, I thought. I was tired anyway. I wasn't really going to watch it. And at 4 for 40, as I say, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I did wake up when Maxwell was on about 97. So that would have been, I don't know, 7 for 150 odd or something. And then, uh, yeah, um, and I saw he was on 97. So I thought, all right, I'll, I'll watch, the, watch him watch get his get century. century. And then he just didn't get out after that. So mm. I ended up watching, watching the rest watching of the Watching the innings. second hundred yes. of his uh, double. And he was mm. joined, of course, by Pat Cummins, <laughs> as you do. Yeah. Uh, and Mitchell Stark, though, did he not review something that – was not out. Yeah, so Mitchell Stark was given out, caught behind to make it seven for 91. Um, mm. It hadn't hit the edge of his bat. It had actually clipped the edge of the stump. So, right. uh, um, huh. And that, that, that was the sound that the umpire heard and that was why they didn't review it because they thought it had hit the edge of the mm. bat and Stoinis had burnt a review just a few huh. balls before. So that Maxwell wanted at least one review up his sleeve, which he needed because uh, he was given out LBW and successfully overturned it. Yeah, so, that was lucky. Yeah, so Stark was out. But p- p- people were saying that was unlucky for Stark to be out. The ball hit his stump. It wasn't really unlucky for <laughs> no, him to be out. He was lucky that it didn't just knock the bales off. Yes. And yeah. uh, Maxwell and Cummins together mm. added 202 for the eighth wicket. Yes, and unbeaten again, 202. I mean, did Cummins manage to double his previous eight contribution? Not to quite, the, no, no, no. But he did He did score a spectacular 12 not out from 68 balls. Incredible. Uh, there were some reports today that uh, when he went back into the dressing room afterwards, he, he put on a, a, a mock tantrum and said, that's fucked my strike rate. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yes, yes. That is really great. So anyway, yeah, of course, Maxwell uh, chipped into the partnership. Uh, he was 201, not out, from 128. Mm. But he did cramp up completely and yeah. that didn't stop him from standing out there like a tree trunk with his both feet planted. It was incredible to see him hit these balls in every in, in every corner of the wagon wheel. It was the, it was the strangest batting you've ever seen. He yeah. basically didn't move his feet at all. He just stood still mm. and then depending on where the ball was, he'd either, as you say, he could clip it pretty much anywhere. He did, yeah. he did a straight drive at one point. I don't know how he did it because it was a swat that went straight back past the mm. bowler. But he was, you know, out to cow corner. He's yeah. behind fine, fine leg. leg. Yeah. He's <clears throat> reverse switch hitting <laughs> over third. He was hitting it everywhere. And it was just one of the most stunning displays of batting you've ever seen. Incredible. So, And that was after his concussion as mm. well, which uh, we had the previous emergency episode on. And then yep. we didn't think we would be able to top that. But, no. of course... It is the funniest and the best moment of the World Cup and we're not even in the finals yet, but I don't think we can, he can top that. Please support capitalism by checking out these sponsors. So if you wish that countdown that we just did had been 10 times as long in written form, not limited to this World Cup and instead ranking funny moments in the entire history of Australian cricket, then I've got some excellent news for you because uh, my new book is out at the end of this month. So November 28th, it is called The 100 Funniest Moments in Australian Cricket and it does exactly what it says on the cover. (laughs) So there's funny moments, there's 100 of them and they're all ranked and recapped in a great big countdown. Oh, that'll be controversial. Mm. Oh, it's always controversial. That's Mm. the whole point of it. So yes. So the cover features uh, John Howard demonstrating his infamous bowling technique. And how many matches did John Howard play for Australia? Not many. Um, Anyway, that's not the number one moment. Uh, if you want to find out what the number one moment is, you'll have to buy the book or at the very least pre-order it. So it is uh, the perfect Christmas present for you, your cricket-loving friends or your cricket-hating enemies. So it's very important to pre-order too, by mm. the way, because that does help Dan and his publisher. So you need to pre-order this book right yes. now. Yes. It'll be uh, out very soon, certainly in time for Christmas. Yes, definitely. And you can pre-order it by going to leabcricket.com slash 100funniest. That's 100funniest. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was approached by a man who I later, later discovered to be a bookmaker from India. I was fined $10,000 and paid my fine immediately. I realized and accept fully that my actions were naive and stupid. 
I realised that I was very naive and stupid. And stupid, and stupid, and stupid. Here we are in Cat's Gambling Corner, uh, where we'll just, as, as we mentioned, we're on the brink of the World Cup finals, and we should probably re- recap all your various World Cup bets. Uh, yes. See where you, how you're going with them. Well, I'm a fairly poor gambler, as everyone knows, and yep. I really only have a bet on the final. Mm. Uh, I haven't really bet on any other matches along the way, but of course, I accidentally put a bet on <laughs> India to win this World Cup when I was trying to put a bet on them to win the World Test Championship. I don't know, 18 months ago or something. Yeah, like. I, it's, it, I don't even know how I didn't put a, a bet somehow on the champions trophy by mistake. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I've bet on India and I still have that bet standing. Uh, not very good odds, but you never know. Uh, mm. I feel like that's my best chance of stumbling into some winnings. Yep, excellent. But I deliberately put a bet on South Africa. I also deliberately put a bet on the Netherlands because mm. the odds were so good. But, you know, that was okay. I lost my dollar. Um, <laughs> South Africa playing Australia and India are playing New Zealand, of course, yep. in the semis. So South Africa versus Australia are now in, in the wonder, wonderful situation of barracking for South Africa mm. uh, for my bet to come through or maybe barracking for Australia. Yeah. So anyway, who knows if they are going to get through the mm. semi-finals? That wouldn't that be glorious if they somehow got through the semi-finals? Would be uh, unprecedented. Yes. But there is a, there's a bit of rain about. Apparently, ah. there's a cyclone kind of looming oh, off the edge goodness. of uh, wherever the hell they're playing that semi-final. So there, there's a, a possibility that both the match day and the reserve day will be rained out for the South Africa Australia oh. game, which or would be very be, funny. It could be another. S- semi-final rain impacted <laughs> yep. South African match except, which is, one, except one that works for them for the for a change oh wouldn't that be, be an glorious miracle. So, that would yes. be fantastic yeah. so anyway I was trying my hardest to put some kind of bet on the other two te- New Zealand versus Australia but mm. I can't work out how to do that yeah. so anyway that's uh, that's the update always gamble responsibly here we are in the Muller Award, and it's a it's a very very tiny baby little Muller Award this week because we've only got one nomination. But the, it's a cracker of a nomination, <laughs> though. Cracker. It deserves to win, even though it is the only nomination. Yep. So this is a Muller nomination for France cricket. Mm. France cricket, not not a not, not French a, cricket, not French cricket, and not the highest profile no. uh, cricket playing nation. But anyway, they've been accused of staging ghost cricket matches <laughs> between imaginary women. Yes, uh, in order to secure ICC funding. So that was so someone who was an international cricketer, uh, Tracy Rodriguez, mm. investigated the women's matches and found out that they didn't actually exist. Yes, this is amazing. So I don't know how she got a sniff of this, but presumably people were congratulating her on scoring a century or something. <laughs> yeah, and she said, no, 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 I was having a picnic. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> so she went, went, went around all these scheduled games and discovered no one was playing cricket there. People were just having picnics and cycling around. and Playing games on yeah. the Oval, but not cricket. Yeah, yeah, doing doing all kinds of French things, looking at the Eiffel Tower, presumably. Who knows what Who they knows did. Who knows what they were yeah. doing, yeah. Uh, but yeah, certainly no games of cricket being played. And then, but... When she checked online the next day, she would discover that there were results of the games oh, this being is a posted great story. up. So yeah, lot, lots of scandal, lots of lots of mystery there, and it does remind me of ten years ago when there there were the ghost of women playing then too. Except they <laughs> actually were playing; we just didn't hear about it. That's right. Yes. So we've come full circle now. Yes, France cricket. You know what you really need to do is just play some matches. Yeah. You want some funding? 
It isn't that hard. Get 11 people together times mm. two and yep. play, play a few matches. Yep. And uh, I'm sure that will... I'm sure uh, there are 22 women in France willing to play cricket. Yeah, I'm quite right. confident that's the Absolutely. case. Absolutely. Yes. Anyway. Fantastic. Anyway, they've won, you have won. Fran- France cricket has won. It's very hard to say France cricket, isn't yep. it? Instead of French cricket. it's uh, France cricket has won the Muller. La Muller. <laughs> so you have been listening to me. I'm Dan Lipke. I'm at Lieb Cricket on various social media platforms. Cat is at CricketBackCat on those same social media platforms. Yes, indeed. If you want to come and uh, play with us on Blue Sky, just Mm. let us know. Yes. Because we have some vouchers that we can send you in order to get a uh, a, a Guernsey there. Yep. So, yeah, we've got plenty of invite codes. Uh, You can also follow us on Cardball Throw on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook by searching for Cardball Can't Throw. You can also subscribe to newsletter.leabcricket.com to get all my updates. And, of course, don't forget to pre-order my book at leabcricket.com slash one. 100 funniest and we will speak to you all next week sports social podcast network